Matthew chapter number 25. We won't be long. Matthew chapter 25. That's my hope. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 14. I got a clock on my watch right here. I got it on my phone. I got one right here. And I got one there and all of you have it. But with all of that, it still fails sometimes. Anyways, Matthew 25, verse number 14. Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 14. I'll go ahead and read it to you uh, as you follow along. And if you're able to bodily, would you please stand? You're going to sit for a little bit, so let's stand one more time to honor the word of God. Uh, we'll read Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 14. And then we'll continue uh, with prayer and with the message. Matthew 25, verse 14, the Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. We're going to talk about stewardship, stewardship month, just a basic idea on what stewardship is. Titled the message is stewardship. So we'll pray and we'll continue. Bless us, Lord, we ask. We can't do nothing without you. I can't even do what I'm doing up here without you. And I don't want to do it without you. I pray that you'll guide me, use me, use, uh, guide my thoughts, guide my mouth. I pray for those that are listening. I know there are so many distractions, just so many. I pray, Lord, just for a little while, for a little time that we do have, I pray that those distractions will be minimal to none. I pray that the Holy Ghost will get capture our hearts and our minds, and that we will learn, and that we will come away and saying it was good to be in your house this morning. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated, and thank you for honoring the word of God and standing. Look at... Matthew 25, the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. The owner has some business travels ahead of him, and he's leaving, and he has given servants. Some of them do the groundwork, some of them do the harder work, and some of them are given the managerial position. And But we see three different kinds of servants, all right, stewards, all right, managers, all right, that's what they are. They're not the owner, but they manage for the owners and with the owner's wishes in mind. Not his own, he's a keeper, all right, but with the idea that he serves uh, the owner and for the owner's interests and wants. It says, verse number 15, we continue with the, with the story here. It says, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. That's why do not compare yourself with one another, for it is unwise. Because God dictates, and God in his sovereignty, in his own will, decides what you have and what you don't have. With the idea of missions, God is not asking what we don't have. God is asking for us to give what we do have. Because in what we have, he sees our obedience and our faith. All right? He gives us a measure of faith and salvation. If you don't know uh, for sure that you're saved, may I highly, highly challenge you, do not leave until you find out. All right? Do not leave until you find out. I normally stand here. I'm one of the last people that leaves. And so come to me. And if you're a lady, we'll find a lady. If you're a man... We'll find a man to give you what the Bible says. Not what we say, but what the Bible says about salvation. The Bible speaks 
that when God made us, he gave us a free will. We see that very, very early in Genesis chapter number one. In fact, we misused that free will and we chose, rather than to enjoy the blessings of God, we decided to take and partake of something he said not to. There's so many good things around, but he said, this one, don't. But we said, yes, that one. And we took it. And because of that, we have sinned. And sin passed upon all men, Romans 5 and verse number 12. Don't blame Adam and Eve because you have sinned yourself. If we're honest, we have done some of our own personal sinning. Okay? I need to find my water. There it is. Anyways. Matthew chapter number 25 is giving us an illustration of what it is like for God, the owner in this partnership of soul and souls being saved and what it means for us as his servants and as his managers to be stewards of. And look at it says, and unto one he gave five talents, another two, and to another one. He decided that. All right? He decided that. All right? Be happy with that. He decided that. He knows. He's an omniscient God. He has all knowledge. He is omnipresent, not just in space. He can be in Africa today and be here today or be in Asia. Not just that, but in time. He's the God of the past, the present, and the future, and everything in between. He has no end and no beginning. I thought about a Sunday school. He's an omnipresent God in time and space. Okay? So he knows what he's doing. And if he chosen to give you five... And two or one, he knows. Just rest in that. Let's not fight about that. Let's just rest there. He says that he makes some rich and he made some poor. That's his choosing. Okay? Now, may I say this. In a country that we live, we're blessed. That we have equal opportunity. When you step foot in this country, we have provided a place that we have equal opportunity. All right? Now, they're trying to muddle all of that. They're saying ethnicity here is a problem. We have prejudice. We are against certain ethnicity. No. That's something they're pushing. All right? We, in this place, are on equal footing. I don't care what ethnicity you're from. If you work hard and you do due diligence and you do some uh, hard work, you can make it. All right? In this country. All right? So... That is not all around the world. All right? That's not all around the world. Go to the Philippines. I know people that want to work. There is no job for them. There is just no job. It's filled up. There is no job, even if they wanted to. So, praise the Lord. Everybody's hiring. So, get a job. Get a job if you don't have one. Get a better job if you want a better job. Get one. Get one with benefits. Whatever. Do it. Get it done. All right? It says here, to every man according to his several ability. God knows your ability. He is not fooled by what you can and cannot do. If he knows the number of hair you have, which is somewhat of an insignificant matter, is it really a big deal? I guess for those that don't have any hair, it is a big deal. They want some. But, but the truth about it is, 
You think he'll pay attention to what you can and cannot do? He does. He knows you're down-sitting, you're uprising. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you're a night owl. He knows if you're a morning person. He knows if you're loud. He knows if you're quiet. He knows if you have a voice or you don't have a voice. And you should just sing by yourself somewhere so low that nobody can hear it. Right? That's what solo is for me. So low, nobody can hear it. Anyways, in heaven, I'll have a golden voice. So watch out. I'll be singing. Anyway, so the truth of the matter is, God knows what he's doing. He gives some five, he gives some two, he gives some one. To every man, according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. So in the church, we've learned this in unity. We've learned this in church, in some of our Sunday school lessons, if you haven't been a part of it, I understand. But what we've talked about is 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter number 12, Ephesians chapter number 4. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about gifts. There's several gifts that God wants to do because in the church, there's things to be done. There is duties to be done in the church. And they're not all to be done by the pastor or the staff. It is a corporate member, membership that have each and different parts, some as referred to in that working of, of that is the body. God uses the body as an illustration. I think it's First Corinthians 12 that does that. He said that some are the eyes, some are the ears. So the ears and the eyes don't function the same way, if you notice. Okay? If you notice. They don't function the same way. They have an, a specific function. And so God is saying here, and in, in, in truth, he needs all three of these servants. To do their job. You'll find it later because he reprimands one of them. All right? He needs everyone that he left to do this bidding. He wants them to do it according to his will and with the purpose he set them to have. You understand what I'm saying? So you cannot look at the church and say, well, I don't need that person. I don't need that person. I don't like that person. I want to work with that person. No, that doesn't work that way. Okay? We are needed and we are wanted by God and we are given a specific purpose. If you don't know your purpose, find out. Find out. Ask somebody in authority in the church and ask them what you could do in the church. All right? God will talk to them and will help you. Verse 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Or he doubled. But God gave him, he doubled. Verse 17. And likewise, he that had received two talents, he also gained other two. You notice verse 16, he went. There was some doing and business to do what he was doing. He went somewhere. He did something. He was doing something. He wasn't sitting. And then verse 17, for the sake of time, just gave us. He that had two did the same thing that had five. That one that had five doubled. The one that had two doubled. Number 18, verse 18 of Matthew 25. But he that received one went and digged in the earth. He did something too. Uh, you're not, it's crazy. It's only in the United States. Because in the Philippines, they're not like us. In the Philippines, they're chillax. And their problems are different. The problem is, get up and work. That's the problem. But here, we do work. Not, not some. It's becoming a problem. 
But we are busy about something else. We are, we are just doing a bunch of stuff all the time. We're just crazy all the time. I don't know why, but we're just so busy all the time. Going here, going there, doing this. I need to do this. I want that. We're just moving around all the time. And I think you see that here. But he that received one talent went and digged into the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. All right? And so he that had received five talents came and brought unto uh, other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Now, I don't suggest he was being proud about this. There is no hint of their spirit when they're doing this. I think he was just stating the fact. This is what I did with what you gave me. All right? Verse number 20. 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The management part of that task is done, all right? There's a picture of God taking us home and saying, hey, you've done a good job, it's over. Work is done, come home, all right? Now, verse number 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to them, you're not as good as the one that had five talents. What a loser, That's what we think, and that's how we view other people. Oh, you're not soul winning as much as I am. You're not bringing as much people as I am to the church. You're not giving as much as I'm giving. Where do you get that spirit from? That's not from God. That's not a spirit from God. Any spirit like that is pride and devilish. That is not from the Lord. I don't compare what I do with any other people. I am concentrated on what God wants me to do. I have to do what God wants me to do. He tells me what he wants me to do. He leads his people. He's leading you. If you are a born-again child of God today, you are led as much as the preacher is led. How do you know if I'm supposed to be a preacher? Well, I'm just like you. How do you know you're supposed to have that job? Or you're supposed to move there? Or you're supposed to go to there. Or you're supposed to spend your money there. How do you know all of that? Well, we ask God. God, direct us. Show us. Give us your leading in this part of our life. Now, as a preacher, I do that. Not because I'm a preacher. Because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian before I'm a preacher. I got saved before I was ever a preacher. I am a Christian, and so I am led by God in the things that I do, just as much as you are. And so that's sometimes when you go to the preacher and you ask the preacher, preacher, what would you do with it? He, he, he probably will honestly tell you, I don't know what to tell you, but I can tell you what God says. This is what God says. I can introduce you to the Holy Ghost, and let me have you the Holy Ghost. I'll give you some of my advice from some things I've heard from other men and other people that I've gotten advice from. And they all come back to say, you have to have a walk with the word of God. You have to have a walk with the spirit of God. You have to take God's word seriously. You have to know what God says 
in your personal life. You have to. You have to have a walk with God because a preacher is not God. He doesn't know what to tell you. Just to be honest, I've counseled many people in the Philippines. And at the end of the day, I'm so careful because if I say something, they'll do it in thinking that's what God says. And that's, to me, that's my responsibility as a man. If I don't know that's from, I don't know. This is what I, God led me, but I don't know about yours. And there's some things that are general that we all could do, like salvation. I have no problem telling you to get saved. Because that is generally everyone, God says, he's not willing that any should perish. God's will for everyone is to be saved. So I can be bold and very, 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 very dogmatic about you need to get saved. He doesn't call everybody to be a preacher. So when somebody comes up to me as a pastor and say, Pastor, I want to be a preacher, I'm very, very, very prayerful. And I'm going to ask, oh God, what am I going to tell this person? Right? And then his preaching is not going to be mine. His calling to go somewhere else. It's going to be different than mine. And so he has to have a walk with God. And all I can impress upon him, when I, when I got called to preach, there was a good advice. He just says, surrender and let God lead you. That was the best advice I, I could have gotten at that point in life. Because I could have said, I wanted to be a pastor at that point. And I didn't know that at that point. I was 12 years old, barely know how to speak English. And I went forward because God moved upon the preaching. And I said, I want to do something. And I came forward, and I thought I was to be a preacher. Well, I'm glad that the counselor said, well, do you really know? I said, well, I don't. Well, I don't know. Why don't you just surrender your life? It seems like God just wants you to give him your life, and he'll lead you step, every step of the way. In your, in your experience, if you've been saved long enough, has God told you something so clear a long time before it happens? He does not. In my life, it's always enough. Enough light to take the next step. And then another enough light to take the next step. It's never all the way down. Now I prepare like I know it's all the way down because God says to be prudent and to be wise. But to be honest, I don't know the next step. They're asking me, I'm going to be a new preacher. What's your vision? Hallelujah, I need a vision. Man, I need to find one. I need to get a vision. What are you going to do first? Man, what am I going to do first? Mm. Let's do something first. You don't know what you're doing? I have no clue. But God knows. And God is opening doors and situation is transpiring and things are happening. Even before. The trans, uh, transition here will happen in April. Things are already making motion, and God is doing that and leading in different directions, preparing for the future in different ways. Right? Let God lead you. Now, go back to this. And so he that received five talents, uh, two, his Lord sent a well done, thou good and faithful servant. And uh, verse 22, the one that had two. He says, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents. Verse 23, this is what actually what God says. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Is not that synonymous, or I'm reading the Bible wrong. Is that synonymous with what he gave, 
what he said to the one that gave five? Is that synonymous to what he said to the one that gave five? It's the same thing. God is concerned with you personally doing your best. And God is working in your life, if you let him, to accomplish his will and his purpose in your personal life. As much as God is going to get glory out of my life if I yield to him, he's going to get glory out of your life if you yield to him. And if you are Elizabeth Barron and I am Chris Barron, my life will give God glory and Elizabeth's life will give God glory in the capacity that God knows and God gave her the ability to, to perform. God is not asking my wife to be a preacher. Because that is not what he wants her to do. But I am asked to be the preacher. So I will account for that. She will not. Correct? I can never account for what she's going to account for. And that is to be the mother of my children. I can never account for that. Because I'm a man. I can't, account, I can't be a mother. She will account to God for being a mother. In the eyes of my children. She's going to come to that. I can't. All right? I'm the father. She's the mother. So I need her. Because I can't be mother and father. Now, some are doing that. Some are single parent, and you're doing both. And I give my, my, uh, my, my highest respect that you're trying that. It's not a difficult thing to do. Very difficult thing to do. And I pray for God's grace on you. All right? But I need my wife. And she's going to give God that I can't. I want, and I'm praying, God, please help her do her part. And she's praying, God, let him be the father he should be. All right? Now, he continues here in verse number 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gather where thou hast not strawed. What a justification. It's not that what we do. You're unfair. You're not reasonable. He's in trouble. By those words already. Look at verse 25. And I was afraid. Here comes the vindictive. It's your fault. That I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. Then the next verse says. Feel sorry for me because I was, you know, I'm just a victim here and I'm so afraid. Look at what it says. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in earth. Lo, there hast thou that is thine. Two different kinds of excuses. And verse 26 is Lord answered and said, Oh, it's okay. I totally understand everything. Come in and just enjoy everything. Everybody's a winner here. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest, oh, God gives him the benefit of the doubt here. Thou knewest that I reap where I have sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. But first of all, he's the owner. He bought the seed. He bought the land. He's paying your wages. He doesn't have to sow like you. All right, anyways, beside the point. Verse 27. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanger, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Look at that bank. Prepare for the future. Hey, get find where your money's gonna worth more later. God talks about that. Verse twenty eight. It's not wrong to do that. All right? 
Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto them which had ten talents. For unto every one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But for him that had not shall be taken away, even that which he had. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, we are accountable to God because we were created. You understand that? We're the creature. He's the creator. That means if you are created, you're either lost or you're saved. But at any rate, you're accountable. That's why in the last days, Jesus says there's going to be a great white throne judgment. Where everyone small and great will stand before him. To account. To account. The Bible uses the word reckon with. He will reckon. There is an accounting time. There is a time when the owner will say, what have you done with the life I gave you? Our physical life was from God. Daniel talks about that he holds our breath in his hand. So our physical lives are God. Now, if you are saved, if you are saved, you're doubly owned. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 to 20. You are bought with a price. You are redeemed. Because sin stole you. That's the idea of redeem. You're not buying something you didn't own previously, but when you redeem something, it's something you had before you own in possession of, and it was taken away, either was stolen or lost, and you bought it back. I think Dad had a story one day of his, one of his Monte Carlo he was driving, and the tires, I remember him telling the story that his tires were stolen. All four tires were stolen on his Monte Carlo, and then he found it on an ad, and they said, that's my tires. And then somehow he got it fixed, and police got involved. I think what happened. I don't know the end of the story there. You asked Dad, Baron, back there, what happened? But he got it back. Now, if he had to buy it back from the ad with the price, then he would have redeemed it. There's pawn shops all over in the Philippines. And you have rings because you don't have money, and it's a way you can go and pawn your, your item. They'll give you a value of it. And then later, you'll buy it back. You'll redeem it back. You'll buy Right? And they'll have interest, but then you get back what you already had before. That's what we were like. We were all created, Revelations 4.11, for his pleasure. We are created for his pleasure, but sin stole us. Stole us. The devil is a thief. Sin stole us from God. And we were separated. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Jesus came to reconcile. That's another good word means to bring back what was lost, to put back what was lost, redeem, and grab us and say, I will pay it with my blood. That's how special you are if you're saved today. Not only were you owned by this person once so before, sin stole you, but they love you so much, they didn't care if they had to pay. Technically, they didn't have to, but I'll pay because I love you so much. I'll pay. I'll pay the greatest price because I love you so much. I want you with me. And that's what Christ did. He redeemed us. And he brought us back. So that's why you find the verse here. Some of these serpents will be thrown into the lake of fire. All right? So don't get confused with that. It's not all talking about saved people. But it's an idea of lost people given by God's stewardship. See, the lost think they own everything. They don't. It's the same truth that applies to you. Let me give you three different principles on stewardship. And we'll be done today. Three more verses. And we'll be done this morning. 
Number one principle of stewardship. Everything you have comes and belongs to God. Everything you have comes from and belongs to God. Let's go look at, uh, keep your hands in Matthew. We'll go back to that. But go to uh, Psalms, chapter number 23. Psalms, chapter number 23. I promise you I'll get you out of here. All right? You guys are doing great. You're so quiet and so pretty and handsome sitting there. So I need to hurry up. You've been good. There's no game today. I don't have to hurry. It's lying to me. We're up by. We're doing good. So there's no rush. <laughs> Psalms 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. I don't know if that's clear or not clear. Let me read it again. Maybe it'll be clearer. Psalms 23 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's possessive. It is his. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Well, he didn't say my, well, if he owns you, he owns all that you have. Psalms 24, 1. Yeah, Psalms 24, 1. You guys having a hard time? What did I say? All right, guys, forgive me. 24, 1. That's great. Everybody's back on track. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that... I love laughing together. It's just so good. The they that dwell therein, all right? Look at uh, James, chapter number one. So even the lost people, guys, the things that they have are God's. Their very life. All right? Look at James, chapter number one. James Brown, get your Bible out. James, chapter number one. I'm giving him a hard time. His name is James. I thought of James. James chapter number 1 and verse number 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So even if it's not perfect, if it's good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning it rains on the unjust and the just alike the lord is the god of the rich and the poor he owns everything all right don't forget that you're only managing it you're only managing it so if god gives you a successful business yes you are technically on earth the owner so get insurance anybody that works for you have them insured because you have to provide if something happens all right? But in spiritual aspects of that, you only have that because of God. Well, are you going to argue? Well, go to Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar argued, I. Well, he became an animal for seven years. He lost his mind. You can do that. It's up to you. God says, they that are proud, he's able to abase. Okay? So you deal with that if you want to do it that way. But God says, everything that you have comes from and belongs to God, we are just managing it. That's why you notice we dedicated Mariah. By the way, we dedicated Abigail here. We dedicated Mariah here because we are here. But the two boys we dedicated in the Philippines. Now, that's a ceremonial thing that we do, but the meaning behind it so you know why we did it. All right? 
We did it because we believe that our children are heritage of the Lord. Meaning those children that I have came from God. They belong to God and they are for God. And so what we did as a family and we recognize amongst us because this is my church family. We say with them, with you as our pastor, you're representing God. We're giving back our child that belongs to him anyways. God, do with it whatever you will. That's why you got this idea of people doing dedicating their homes, dedicating their vehicles, dedicating motorcycles. In the Philippines, we dedicate everything. Dedicated everything. We just did. And don't get lost in that, but the meaning behind that, don't get lost in the formality. The meaning of that is you're just simply saying, I'm just a steward. Okay, God. Some of you need to dedicate your shotgun. Because I need to find one so I can look at it. No, just kidding. See which one is the best. And then we do the Christian thing. Brother, I really like this. I think God's moving upon you to just give it to me. No, we're so good. Don't manipulate. Let God work. Let God do the work. Number two, another principle of stewardship. You only manage it for a season. You only manage what you have for a season. Why? Because you're going away. You're not here forever. We're only here for a little while. It's a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away. Guys, I'm doing really good in time. You'll be amazed. Look at James 4 and verse number 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away. There's a season, and the God says there's a reckoning. Remember, the Bible uses he reckoned with them in Matthew chapter number 15. There's going to be an end to our stewardship. Someday we're going to go to heaven, and we're going to account to God. Lost and saved. The saved have the judgment seat. The lost have the great white throne. We're all going to account. Small and great. Anybody that has ever lived and everybody that living now and living before us or after us, we'll all stand there. Number three, last principle and we'll be done for the day. There is a day of accountability. All right? There's a day of accountability. I kind of stressed this already. I'm just going to read you the verse and we'll wrap this up here. Hebrews chapter number nine. If you go there, Hebrews chapter number nine. And verse number 27, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27, it says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this it's all over. We just chillax, it's done, guys. All done. It's gone. No. Look at what the verse says. All right? Look at Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse number 27. Hebrews capítulo 9, versículo 27. For those that didn't understand that. Verse 27. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, there's no reincarnation in scripture. I'm not coming back as a toothpick or whatever or a bird or, or a bug. You want to believe that? Man, you have more faith than I do. Just don't be upset if I step on one. All right? Man. I'm going to eat them steak. You ever go to India? Some of you have went to India, and the cows are treated as holy things. They ain't holy. They stinky. You go to India, it smells, because the cows are free to roam. You go to McDonald's, you're not getting burgers. They don't sell burgers. Come on, why do we have McDonald's over there? 
We're Americans. We eat burgers. Kill some of those cows. Friends from India, we love you. We'll have chicken curry. Chicken curry. Anyways, Hebrews 9 verse 27, guys. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. But if I'm rich, I don't have to be. But I have status. You know what I've done? You know who I am? Let me read the verse again. And is it an appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment? Even the judge will stand before the judge. We all stand. All of us will stand. Guys, I want to help you. I want to help you when you stand before God that you have done your best. I'm your friend. I want you to be a friend to me. Help me accomplish what God wants in my life. I want to accomplish what God wants for your life. I don't want to compete with you. I want to be somebody that we can have camaraderie with. We can have, I can compliment you. I can compliment you. The preacher that stands behind the pulpit cannot do his job without the people that sits on the pew. And the people that sits on the pew cannot do your job without the pastor that stands on the pulpit. We need each and every one. And may I ask this, instead of competing, the spirit of competition, let's have the spirit of competition because it's goal. We have a goal to do. Understand all that. But let us not be fighting and competing and hurting each other. Rather, let us be uh, comrades at arms. We have an enemy. It's not us. It's the devil. I want to help you with your son. I want to help you with your daughter. Help me with my son. Help me with my daughter. I want to help you with your grandchildren. Someday, if I live long enough, I want you to help me with my grandchildren. I want you to live your life so that my kids may look at you and say, Mom, I want to be like that person. And I say, wow, let me look at their life. Wow, there, go. Go get it. Right? We need each other. We need each other. We need to work together to get the stewardship that God wants us to have. Everything we have comes from and belongs to God. You only manage it for a season. And how's your management, by the way? We say, well, I don't manage. You're managing by not managing. Okay? Let me give you this. I have a house now. It's my house whether I mow the yard or I don't mow the yard. It's my house whether I shovel the snow or I don't shovel the snow. It's my house whether I repair the things that need to repair or not. If I leave it to time and let it just be in up, it's still my responsibility because it's my house. Well, I'm stewards of it. God gave me the house, right? And so... May I then choose to do what's right so that if God were to come through on Gawanda and he happened to pick that particular street and he said, I need to sleep tonight and knocks on my door, I can say, come on in. Might not be everything expensive. Might not be the latest things. It's a clean, warm place. I have a table I can sit him and make him eat. Right? Rather than if my house is falling apart. Right? Let us manage 
well. Let us manage what God has given us well. Guys, no forcing anybody, but that's a good investment. A good investment because God is a mighty God. Guys, someday you either will be called a good and faithful servant or a wicked and slothful servant. Which one will he call you? Lord, thank you for tonight, this morning I should say. Thank you for the people that are here. Bless them. Thank you for their faithfulness in your house. Thank you for the members of this church that come here faithfully. Lord, I pray for those uh, that are struggling, Lord, in our management of our lives, of the things you've given us. Lord, uh, some husband might be not doing as good in managing the gift you give them, a gift of a wife. Lord, every good gift, Lord, comes from you. You said that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtained favor of the Lord. Lord, for some of us, parents, are we doing a good job of treating and correcting, implementing good things to our children? Are we getting them close to you, God, or are we taking them away? What's some of the activities that we're promoting in our children's life? Are they godly things, or are they things that will take them away from you? How is our management of the things you've given us? It's Stewardship Month. And you are giving us a great amount of responsibility. I pray that we would do it accordingly. As the pianos play, uh, would you please come, brother, and just pick up a song. Go ahead and start playing. The invitation is now. If you wanted to stand up. Stand up. We can stand up and uh, turn your hymnal to page 476. Some have come already. If you want to come, it's up to you. Come. Are you being a good steward of what God has given you? Have you treated it as God's and you're just managing it? And are you managing it good because you only have a season to do it with? And are you ready for the time when he will say, what have you done with what I've given you? If you want to turn 476, 476, we'll sing the verses here. And if you're wanting to come to the front, the altar is open. You may come.